sing to you. Good to see you here tonight. Stand with me, would you, as we sing. Our first song is Higher Ground. Lift it up tonight as we sing. Good to see everybody here. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. By faith on heaven's stable land, a higher plane that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. My heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay. Though some may dwell where these abound, my prayer, my aim is higher ground. Lord, lift me Faith on heaven's stable land, a higher plane that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I want to live above the world, though Satan's darts at me are hurled. For faith has caught the joyful sound, the song of saints on higher ground. Lord, lift me up. By faith on heaven's stable land, a higher plane that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I want to scale the utmost height and catch a gleam of glory bright. But still I'll pray till heaven I found. Lord, lead me on to higher ground. Lord, lift me up. Stand by faith on heaven's stable land, a higher plane that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Hold the fort for I'm coming. Jesus signals still. Let's lift it up tonight as we sing. Oh, my comrade, see the signal.
singing. You may be seated. Preacher, Brother Alan Moriarty, would you open us in prayer tonight, please, Brother Alan. Father, thank you so much for a beautiful day. Appreciate it. Welcome back Sunday evening, and I hope you had a good day. Excited about tonight. Excited about the week. We've been praying and prepping uh, for weeks now, and uh, so looking forward to it. And uh, so I want to reiterate, because Brother David will be speaking tonight, and uh, just giving a practical lesson on how to lead someone to the Lord. And uh, we were talking how four years ago, uh, for several people, that was the first opportunity you, you ever had. And uh, testimony was given to several people saying, man, uh, what a great time it was in their life to be able to do that. And uh, so I'll challenge you in that. I know for some people that can be fearful, never done that. Uh, but hopefully after tonight, uh, that'll change. And uh, we can use all the help we can get uh, Wednesday and Thursday night. You, you probably don't, you probably can't envision uh, the opportunity of the impact. Uh, Brother David had to remind me of the numbers. I thought we had 700 here. We actually had 750 guests. So we had over 900 people, about 950 uh, people here uh, four years ago. And we had one night meeting. And uh, so as he was going over the numbers with us, there's already 521 signed up. And they haven't been to one school yet. And uh, four years ago, uh, understand we had 750 guests without this previous sign up. And uh, so you can just put it in your mind, that can be doubled pretty easily with 1,000 people here. And uh, so as people, parents, or, and kids come forward and want to talk to somebody, uh, boy, I tell you what, what a great opportunity. I can tell you, for someone who talks to people, leads them to the Lord, and the process you normally have to go through, uh, you know, 75, 80% of that will already be done for you. You know, that'll be removed. You're knocking the door trying to talk to somebody or trying to share something, and they're already there. They're already ready. You know, they're coming forward and saying, I want this, you know, and uh, we're going to show you, he's going to show you what to do. We'll help you with that. Uh, but so seriously, even at the end, consider signing up, saying, hey, I want to be here one or both nights, even just for that. You know, I was, I was even talking to Berlin. If you come one of the nights and you say, well, I, well, I don't, 
really want to come for a couple hours. Um, you know, the show starts at 7 o'clock each evening, so you can even come 6.45, I'm sorry, 7.45, 8 o'clock if you're just going to be helping with leading people to the Lord, you know, that along that line. So if that works in your schedule, keep that in mind. So we're excited. Hope you're praying. Uh, looking forward to the practical evening tonight. So we got a couple more songs, and then the Corn family's going to sing, then Brother David's going to come and present to us what God's laid upon his heart. So I hope, uh, uh, like I said, we'll have just a great, we already have a good response, but I'm with Brother Lynn. I don't think we have enough. I, I think we're short of what we're going to need to reach what we believe the harvest that God is bringing. And uh, so it'll be good. All right, remain seated as we sing this song, He is Able to Deliver Thee. Page 264, if you need your books. Tis the grandest thing through the ages run. Tis the grandest thing for a mortal tongue. Tis the grandest thing that the world e'er sung. Our God is able to deliver thee. He is able to deliver thee. He is able to deliver thee. Sing and stand with me on this last song if you would.
went inside? Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Yeah, I wanted to reiterate, forgot to say during the sign-up, but obviously we're not doing Awanas on Wednesday night, so our Awana teachers and helpers, obviously you'd be great at helping to lead the young people to the Lord, and uh, so you may have already signed up, like I said, I haven't looked at that, but anybody in those fields, if you're able to, uh, we could definitely use that a lot, and uh, like I said, have you praying a lot as well, so it's good, good stuff. Also tomorrow, ministry homes, real quick. Uh, if you're able to come out anytime during the day, uh, really just getting the floors ready, doing, doing some scraping, sweeping, prepping the floors. And I'm going to try to be over there about 1 o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow and uh, try to get to the south home ready uh, to put uh, the rest of the tiles and stuff down. So if you've got time for that, yell or just show up over there uh, whenever you can. We'll try to knock that out even before the evening and uh, get that done. So amen. So the corns are going to sing for us. And uh, I mean, God's blessed with a lot of talent, can sing and preach and, and tap dance and uh, also... Are you tap dancing this week? No? Okay, just checking. And, uh, but uh, we're blessed with that, definitely so, and excited about it. And uh, so you listen up, and then Brother David, you'll come preach right after. The moment I knelt down upon my knees in prayer Was the moment a beggar became a rightful heir He came to live within this heart of mine And he filled me with He saved my soul. My name was recorded in the book of life in heaven. My sins are washed away by the blood of Calvary. Since the day that the blood was applied, and it happened that very moment He saved my soul. so rich and free every day that i live the more it amazes me how that in only one moment of time all the joys of heaven then became mine and it happened that very moment he saved my soul my name was recorded in the book of life in heaven my sins are washed away by the blood of Calvary since the day that the blood was applied. I stand justified. And it happened that very moment he saved my soul. My name was recorded in the book of life in heaven. My sins are washed away by the blood of Calvary. Since the day that the blood was applied, I stand justified. And it happened that very moment he saved my soul. Since the day that the blood was applied, I stand justified. And it happened that very moment, and it happened that very moment he saved my soul. He saved my soul. Save my soul, save my soul. 
All right, Mark chapter 10, if you would, tonight. Mark chapter 10. I want to say thank you so much to Pastor for lunch today. And I always appreciate uh, your hospitality that you provide for us when we're here. Thank you for the nice hotel room. We're grateful for that as well. And uh, I want to say thank you for the support. Y'all have supported us for a long time and uh, really has meant a lot. We really appreciate that. And this past fall, we actually were able to have a, a young couple travel with us. And I met him years ago, actually when he was in elementary school. Uh, but when he's a senior in high school, he said, hey, I, I want to do what you do. What should I do right now? So I told him a couple things, and uh, boy, just a really teachable guy, and uh, graduated Bible college, got married uh, about a year ago, January 1st, and uh, went off into evangelism, and then uh, we asked them if they would travel with us, just kind of uh, mentor them a little bit, and uh, spend some time with them, and so they're fully launched on their own, their spring is full, their summer's full, and I'm just excited to see they're doing the same thing we're doing, getting to public schools, uh, holding evangelistic events, and the boy, God's really had his hand on their life, and so we're thankful. Your support for us enables us to do things like that, so we really appreciate that. I uh, just want to say a couple words about Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, you know, as the, the point of this event is, uh, we, hopefully we have a good time, but that's not really not the point of the event. The point of the event is to see people saved. We don't just want to see people saved. We also want to see them uh, get baptized. We also want to see them get discipled. Also want to see them join the church. And, uh, and really, uh, that takes the Lord to do that. But I, I hope that as a church, you have that mindset. Uh, and I know that Central is known for this, but just a reminder, you know, every person that comes in, the goal is that they think this is the friendliest place they've ever been to, the friendliest church they've ever seen. And you guys do that. But uh, as they come in, uh, people register in the lobby and they register. That way we can uh, collect their follow-up uh, information for follow-up. Uh, and then at the end of the show, we're going to be drawing for some door prizes. Uh, that's kind of what we do the registration cards for. Um, and uh, so we'll do the show. Starts around 7. Pastor will open things up. We'll go right into the illusions. We'll do about an hour of illusions. And then after our finale trick, I'll pick up my Bible. I'll give the gospel. Uh, and then we'll give an invitation. Uh, and at that point, uh, that's when we're hoping that many of you will, will step up and be willing to lead someone to Christ. And I remember sharing this information with the church in the past, and there's an 80-year-old man uh, who was saved for a long time, but he just never led a soul to Christ. And uh, he we went over this on a Sunday night, and on the Thursday night show, he led his first soul to Christ. And he just talked about it for years. One of the highlights there was last year's. He's now in, he's now in heaven. Uh, but it was just exciting to see. Uh, and I forgot that, that some of you last time, there's your first soul that you led to Christ. And maybe that will be you tonight. Maybe you say, I am way too shy to talk to people. Well, I hope you don't. Uh, give up on this because one thing you could do is, is find someone else and pair up with them and you can tag team it. Uh, and uh, I, it's, it's just so encouraging, exciting, reviving to, to be a part there, seeing someone get saved. And so maybe that's a suggestion. Maybe you know some, someone else that's too shy, but the two of you together, uh, you can do it. And I just encourage that. Uh, when you get here Wednesday and Thursday, um, I, I encourage you to get some decision cards, have them in your Bible already. Have a pin already. If you want a tract to, to help you, if you want to use this sheet, uh, you know, have some a help. That's, that's totally fine. Just try to be ready uh, when you get here uh, and then be praying throughout the show that the Lord will really bless the invitation, that people will respond. Uh, and then when it comes time, uh, what I'll ask you to do, uh, if you're going to counsel, you can still, you know, Hopefully, you know, if there's room, you'll, you'll stay in here. And then at the end of the, the gospel, I'll have everyone close their eyes because I'm getting ready to do the invitation. When I do that, I'm going to ask you counselors to actually stay where you are. If I say, everyone close your eyes, 
and 30 people get up and leave. It's a really wrong time, very distracting. So uh, when I ask everyone to close their eyes, you just close your eyes and hang out wherever you are. Uh, and then when I ask people to want to be saved, I'll have them raise their hand. Uh, and then I'll have them look at me. I'll have them look at the back. At the back will be uh, Brother Lynn and Pastor and my wife will be back there. And Miss Jenny, if you want to be back there, whoever. But uh, just, just a couple of people at the back. And then I will invite people that want to be saved to slip out of their seat and go stand by them. When I say that, when I say, if you want to receive Christ, slip out of your seat, go stand by them, that is your cue as a counselor. I'm not going to say it, but you just go ahead. Don't hesitate, slip up, go to the back and go all the way through the doors into the lobby and have your Bible with you, have the decision cards with you, just be ready. And then uh, as the people go that way, Lord willing, they will. the Lord's in charge of it. But, you know, my thing is we be as prepared as we can. Uh, that way it's not our fault uh, that someone doesn't get saved. And so, so as people respond, then pastor and my wife and uh, some of the staff will, will divide people. Hey, you take them, you take them. Uh, and then uh, I think we're going to use some of these classrooms, but the majority, I think, that we decide to do that uh, is going to be the Family Life Center over here for the counseling um, because we, this is, you know, the most important part. Now, if children respond, I'm going to say, Hey, mom and dad, if your child went back, please join them. So there may be a child that heads back, and then a few seconds later, a parent joins them. So, like, if, if my wife gives you, you know, this 10-year-old boy, just hang out a second while his dad or his mom catches up. And when you're talking to them, you know, share the gospel with the child. And then when you get to the end of it, be bold and ask the parent, hey, dad, what about you? Is this something you need to do? Do you need to get saved? Uh, just two weeks ago, we had a, a, a mom, a dad, and two daughters. The whole family got saved. Uh, and the, the counselor was just aware to ask, uh, hey, do you need to receive Christ? There's also been times that I've uh, talked to a kid, and the kid wasn't ready, but dad was under conviction. And dad actually got saved, even though the kid didn't. So make sure whoever you're talking to, give each of them an opportunity and ask them, do you, do you want to receive Christ? Uh, and then make sure you get their decision cards, because, we, again, we want to see them baptized. We want to see them discipled. Uh, and then get that card to one of the staff, uh, and that would, be, that would be great. So you probably knew all that, but I'm just trying to get you in the mindset. Because very, a lot of times it's, it gets chaotic. During the, if, it's, if the invitation is chaotic, that's a good thing. Okay, It's a good thing, uh, but we at least want to know kind of what we're doing. All right, so my focus tonight, does anybody still need a handout? If you need a handout, just kind of raise your hand, and I think the guys can get one to you. Uh, so if you need one, raise your hand there. Looks like you guys did great. All right. Oh, okay, a couple right here. All right, there. Just keep, hold your hand up until you get one. That'd be great. Uh, I'm focusing tonight on leading a child to Christ. And you say, well, uh, does a child get saved differently than an adult? No. Everyone gets saved the same way. Um, some others right over here in this section, I guess. Anybody else? All right. So a, a child gets saved the same way an adult gets saved, but I think that sometimes uh, where we drop the ball talking with children is just kind of the communication thing. Uh, we, we don't say things clearly enough so the child gets confused or thinks you saved when you really didn't get saved or, uh, or the opposite. And so the, the goal is, is to be as clear as possible. Uh, and so let's jump into it. Mark chapter 10. Would you stay with me as we look at verse 13? Jesus' discussion uh, with the disciples there is, a, uh, again, a familiar passage, I believe, as uh, the, 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 some parents were bringing their children to Jesus, and the disciples were kind of annoyed uh, with, with the kid, these pesky kids here. And so Mark 10, verse number 13, And they brought young children to him that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. 
For of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Let's pray and you can be seated. Father, thank you for your word tonight. I'm thankful for the folks that have come out tonight. God, can you use these simple truths tonight to just encourage and, and give some guidance and some help to some people who, who Lord, maybe it's been a while since they led someone to Christ. Uh, Lord, maybe they never have. God, may tonight they be challenged, encouraged, and helped to be able to lead people to Christ. And I pray that would happen soon. Lord, maybe even this week. We need you. We love you. Uh, looking to you for help this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Uh, so we look here. You know, the, the, get, these, get these children out of here. And Jesus, you know, makes the famous statement, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. And then what he says here in verse 15, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. Uh, the first blank in your notes is a little child. The gospel is not complicated. Jesus said a little child can understand and get saved. See, a lot of times when we're talking to kids, we think, okay, in order for this kid to get saved, he needs to become like an adult. Well, Jesus says the opposite. He's referring to a childlike faith here, but sometimes we, we overcomplicate it. So, well, this, this kid just can't get saved because he needs to become like an adult. Well, Jesus said, whosoever should not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. So it is true. A, a little child can understand and get saved. You say, well, what age is that? Well, we speak when the Bible speaks and we're silent when the Bible's silent, right? The, the Bible doesn't give an age, so that would be unwise for us to, to say by this age because kids develop differently. Their um, you know, mental capacity development all, all is different. Um, I know Charles Spurgeon used to say that uh, he believed a child of five years of age, if properly trained, can understand and get saved. But I think the key in even his statement is if properly trained. Uh, right, So not every five-year-old uh, would be ready to do that. Uh, but the point is not the age. The point is a child can get saved. And, uh, and so here's one thing I've learned. Don't assume they already know. Anytime we're sharing the gospel with someone, a lot of times we talk to them like they're saved. We talk to them like they've been in church. Well, I'll tell you, America is becoming more and more unchurched. More and more youth in America have no concept of the things of the Bible. And so the way to be clear with them is don't assume they already know. If, if we assume they know everything, then, then uh, when it comes to the end, there's going to be some confusion there. And so I wrote there, give the gospel as if they have never heard it before. Uh, and I think that will help. All right, so Roman numeral one, know what to avoid. This wouldn't be sin, but I, I've learned that these are not helpful in keeping the gospel clear. Know what to avoid. Number one, don't say, did you really mean it? Uh, I know the heart behind that is, well, you want the kid to understand, but here's what, here's what I've seen happen. Um, hey, Johnny, uh, what happened? Well, I just got saved. Man, that's great. Did you, did you really mean it? Yes, I, I really meant it. I mean, I, I think I meant it. Well, you know, maybe I didn't mean it hard enough. So, you know, okay, I'll, I'll do it again. And this time I'll really, 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 really mean it. Well, see, it's just a, a bad train of thought there. The reason is because that is emphasizing the person instead of emphasizing Christ. When you get saved, it's not this in, in, introspection where you look into yourself. No, when you get saved, the Bible says, look into me and be ye saved all the ends of the, all the, ends of the earth. So it's, it's looking to Christ. So sometimes, even in the questions that we ask, we can be introducing doubt that the child will struggle with. So I'll give you some better questions, but I think that that's probably not, that's one that I would avoid because it emphasizes them. Okay, did, did I do this hard enough? 
Well, that, that's not salvation is putting your faith in Christ, not you doing something hard enough. All right, number two, don't say, did you pray the prayer? And again, it's, it's not horrible, but sometimes we act as if, okay, say this, okay, you're saved. Well, there's no magic words for someone to say in order for them to get saved, right? Uh, Islam has that. They have the rote words. Even Catholicism has the, the magic words you say to gain favor with God. Well, that's not Bible Christianity. And so we have to be careful to, not to emphasize the magic words instead of emphasizing trusting Christ. Uh, I also would avoid this. Don't say, do you feel different? Sometimes after someone gets saved, they talk, man, I, I feel like the, the weight of the world is lifted off my shoulder. I feel like a, a new person. And I, I'm all for that. I, I really am. I think that's great. But sometimes in counseling, we try to use that as to help someone with assurance. That's what I would avoid. Hey, John, you got saved? Yeah, do you feel different? Yes, I do, man. This, this, I just feel so incredible. Then a week goes by. How you doing? I'm doing really good, man. I'm still feeling great. Three months go by. How you doing? I'm not feeling good. A year goes by. How you doing? You know, I, I don't feel like I did that one night. You know what? Maybe I didn't really get saved, so, so let me do it again. Well, see, it's just a, a, a poor tra- uh, train of thought because you're emphasizing feeling, and no one ever gets assurance by emphasizing feelings. Emotions fluctuate, right? Emotions go up and down, so we don't want to emphasize feeling. The way you get assurance is by emphasizing God's word, and I'm going to try to show you exactly how to do that in a moment. Number four, don't use too difficult language. This is especially with kids. Uh, uh, even, uh, we're going to go through the Romans road in a minute. Even in the Romans road, there's going to be words that kids don't know. For example, the word sin. Most kids that have not grown up in church, they don't even know what that is. And so make sure you, you take time to explain it, uh, what, what that is. And uh, the word wages, right, for the wages of sin is death. Uh, you want to take time to explain, hey, wages, a payment. Or in this verse, it, it's a punishment. Uh, and the word commendeth is in Romans 5, 8, right? Uh, uh, again, uh, most, most kids don't know what the word commendeth means. Well, it just means show. And so the, the point is, when you're dealing with kids, just make sure you're using language that is more on their level. Uh, that way it doesn't get confusing, all right? Uh, number five, don't take forever. Uh, if it takes you 30 and 45 minutes, uh, they don't really have attention spans that long. And so uh, I think one of the reasons we do that is uh, we go too slow, but also we, we add a lot of information that's good and true, but not pertinent in order to be safe. So I'll try to give you some guidance there. So try, try to keep things moving, uh, especially when it talk, comes to kids. And here's my, the whole thing tonight, this is my, my biggest plea with you, is number six here. Don't put words in their mouth. You say, what do you mean? Hey, Johnny, you want to go to heaven? Yeah. You have to get saved. You want to get saved? Uh-huh. You know what sin is? Uh-huh. Do you know what you deserve to go to hell because your sin? Uh-huh. You know what Jesus died for you, was buried and rose again? Uh-huh. You want to get saved? Uh-huh. Say this. Okay. What happened? I don't know. I just said, yeah. And she was really nice, and, and I, I was agreeing with her. He, he, he was really nice, and I, I was agreeing with him. So what happened, the, the kid has no idea what happened. He just said yes over and over again. And you were all excited about something, and, and, and you're really nice, and they just wanted to please you. And, boy, they, they didn't get saved. And so how do, you, how do you do that? How do you avoid putting words in their mouth? Well, ask open-ended questions, right? So ask a yes or no question, and then follow that up with an open-ended question. For example, do you want to go to heaven? Yeah. Okay, you have to believe that you're a sinner, all right? Have you sinned? Uh-huh. What is sin? Uh-huh. What? what? A- ask a question that requires them to answer. 
All right? Do you know what is sin? I don't know. Well, if he doesn't know what sin is, don't rush through points two and three and four because he doesn't even understand sin yet. So take the time, just explain it. Hey, sin is the bad things that we do. Give him a couple examples. Lying is a sin. Stealing is a sin. And after you teach them, come back again with an open-ended question. Hey, can you give me an example of a sin? Kicking my sister. Yeah, that would be a sin. All right? So, so but what, what, once they grasp it, then you can then move on. All right? I want to pause here and have you look at the, the back of the handout. We're not going to go through this tonight, but Roman numeral five is great questions. So the blank there on the back is the word questions. And I found that these are some questions that really can help streamline counseling. If you ask these questions, it kind of gets you to the place where you want to go quicker. And, uh, and it helps, helps keep things moving there. And so, again, we're not going to go through them tonight. Um, but asking those questions that require them to give an answer, I think that's helpful because when it comes time to pray, if they've just, you know, sat there quietly for 15 minutes and now, now they're supposed to pray, sometimes they're, too shy to do that, but you want to kind of get them to open up and ask those questions and making sure they understand, okay? Uh, number seven, don't forget to give the gospel. Uh, you say, why, why would you say that? Well, I was a Bible college student doing door-to-door visitation, and I, I, I talked with the door. I walked away, my partner goes, um, you realize you forgot to give the gospel? I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, I forgot to speak of part of the gospel. And so that leads me to Roman numeral two, know what the gospel is. So Roman numeral two, the blank there is gospel. Know what the gospel is. Uh, the word gospel, the definition, you guys know it means good news. Uh, but when we're talking about getting saved, uh, it, it's more than just saying, you know, broadly the good news. You also have heard the term gospels, right? The gospels refer to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all right? So you're not, you're not sharing all of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? Uh, you're sharing the gospel, and we get it, the definition in 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, and I just want to point out, Whatever plan of salvation you share, okay, there's only one way to be saved, but, you know, there's different avenues that the Bible uses. The Romans Road we'll go over tonight. There's also the, like, the ABCs of, of salvation. There's different uh, ways to share the gospel, but whatever method you use, it has to include these essential elements. And in 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 1, uh, let me read verse 1. It's not in the notes here. But 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1, Paul is going to tell us that he's going to give the definition of the gospel. He says in verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. All right, so this is the gospel. The gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye believed in vain. And then verse 3, this is where he defines it. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So you can break it down however you want, but it needs to include, whenever you share the gospel, you're including that Christ died for your sins. If you don't say that part, then what does it mean? Just, it's, the gospel is not that Christ died on the cross, was buried, and rose again. No, that Christ died for our sins. That's the substitution. If you leave out the substitution, then it doesn't apply to us. Uh, and so Christ died for our sins, that he was buried. It's kind of the proof that he was dead. And that he rose again the third day. And I went ahead and put in there, all of this is according to the scriptures. Two times in those verses he mentions it, so I think it's good to mention it. And the way that I apply this is even if a kid can't even read, I have my Bible opened up showing him the verses with my finger. I mean, again, I, you know, kids are so cute, they'll like follow along, but they don't even know what they're looking at. But I want them to know 
This is not David Korn just saying things. I want them to know that what I'm showing you is, is from this book right here. This is, this, they can get the concept that this is God's word. And so God's word says these things right here. So uh, again, uh, those are the essential elements of the gospel. Okay? Roman numeral three, and this is my, the heart of my uh, subject tonight. Know where you are going. Know where you are going. This is not the only uh, way to share the gospel, uh, but it, it's a clear way. I believe, I believe a kid can grasp uh, this method, and uh, the Romans Road is not original with me. That's why it's good. And, uh, and so I will say this. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't add too much detail. I like to ask this question, and I hope that you don't, um, I don't upset, anybody by this, upset anyone by this question, but at what point does a person get saved? I like to ask that because this is where I'm going. I want them to get saved, but at what point does a person get saved? Once they're lost, now they're found. Once they're lost, now they're saved. What is that point they get saved? Is it the moment they raise their hand in an invitation? Is it the moment they walk down an aisle? Is it the moment they shake your hand? Is it the moment they repeat something? At what, at what point? And here's how I say it. The very moment they trust or ask Jesus to save them. Um, I believe a kid can grasp that, that concept. The very moment they trust or ask Christ to save them. Now, I hope you'll hear me carefully here. The Bible uses several words to describe when a person gets saved. Uh, in John 1 verse 12, the word received is used. But as many as received him, that's describing salvation. But as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. All right? The Bible uses the word believe. Philippian jailer, Acts 16, 31. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So the word receive is used. The word believe is used. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. Uh, so the word faith is used. Uh, in uh, the book of Acts, the word repent is used. Uh, in the Romans 10, 13, uh, the, the word call is used. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I like verse 14, how then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? So in other words, the act of calling on them it, it is the same thing as the act of believing on them. And so uh, John R. Rice, it, why, why does God use different words to describe the only way to be saved? He said, well, I, I believe God used different words because a certain word will connect with certain people. You know, like some people, the word believe, that, that was the word. That really, God broke through. Maybe it's the word receive there, uh, the word call, whatever it is. And so, um, but I, I see that, uh, you know, the very moment they, they trust or ask Jesus to save them. So that's where I'm going. Um, and again, I, I, I'm, I'm sure somebody can do this better than me. So I hope that you'll give me grace here. Uh, but at the end, I want the kid to know, hey, I, I just got saved. Well, how'd you get saved? Well, I just, I just trusted Jesus as my Savior. I just asked Jesus to save me. I just believed on Jesus as my Savior. I just received Christ as my Savior. Whatever the word is, um, that's, that's, the, that's where we're going, okay? Now, I believe this very strongly. Every person who is saved, if you're saved tonight, every single one of you who are saved, at any moment, at any moment, pastor, ought to be able to walk up to you and say, hey, this person wants to be saved. Can you show them how to be saved? And you ought to be able to say, yes, I can. You say, well, I can't do that. Well, then you have some growing to do. I'm not trying to be mean, but hey, that's why God left us on this earth. He didn't leave us on this earth to make, to make more money. 
He didn't left, leave us on this earth just to glorify him. And I don't say that tritely. We're going to be doing that in heaven. And my question is, what glorifies God more than seeing people we're going to say? God does the saving, but God uses people. And so every one of you ought to say, hey, I, I, yes, pastor, I can do that. If someone walks up to you and says, what must I do to be saved? Oh, you're going to have to talk to Brother Lynn. Well, there's some growing you need to do. And, and let me tell you, that's, that's a pretty major area of your life that you need to grow in, okay? And so let me give you some help tonight. What I encourage you is this. Don't be nervous about it, all right? I, I shouldn't say that. I'm, I'm still nervous about it, okay? So be nervous, but don't be so nervous that you don't try, okay? Make the mistakes. I've made the mistakes, but I didn't give up on it. Uh, the worst thing you can do is not even try. Uh, go through it, fumble through it. And what encourages me as I share the gospel with someone, man, I, I really want this person to get saved. But do you know who wants them to get saved more than I do? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants them to get saved more than I do. The Holy Spirit's power at work in them will do way more than anything I can do. And so if I'm just a, just a, a fumbling mouthpiece, God can take that and I can be there when someone gets saved. But if, I, if I'm silent, if I just back, no, I'm not going to do it, then I, I really think that there's some immaturity in your Christian life. Teenager, every single one of you ought to be able to take a Bible and lead someone to Christ at any time. I'm serious about that. That's, that's part of what it means to be a Christian. Because not only are we supposed to be seeing people say, we're also supposed to be active in discipling people. We're also supposed to be active in, in, in getting people involved in the church. And so that's not just the job of the preachers. You've heard this. It's the job of every person who was saved. So how can I do that? Well, I encourage you this. In the front of your Bible, write the very first verse. You'll see here in the notes I have uh, four. I have one, two, three, and four. And in bold, I have the verses there for you, okay? So if you don't, if you don't hear me, they're right there underlined in bold. The first one is Romans 3.23. I encourage you in the very front of your Bible, write Romans 3.23. That way, if Brother Lynn says, hey, can you talk to this kid about being saved? You're like, yeah, oh, man, what was that first verse? Just, oh, yeah, okay, Romans 3.23. Uh, and just, just have, that, have that help for you because we need to be ready to give an answer. So, uh, so number one, the first thing. So, so let's say you're back in the lobby there, and Brother Lynn says, hey, here you go. Uh, here's little Johnny and his dad, and, and, and you take them over. You sit down. First thing you want to do, they're going to be nervous. Okay, if you think you're nervous, they're more nervous, okay? And so just call them, hey, thanks for coming back here. My name's David. What's your name? My name's Johnny. Man, Johnny, thank you so much. Uh, Johnny, do you know why you came back here? Now, whatever his answer is, I think you should still share the gospel, okay? Because at this point, a bunch of chaotic happened. There's a bunch of people in the lobby. You know, they're walking with some person to this room. If they say, well, I don't know, say, that, that's okay, that's okay. Hey, do you mind if I share with you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's why I came back, all right? Don't take them as not being interested. Just take that as they're being a little chaotic. So, so, so uh, ask them if you can show them how to go to heaven. And if they say yes, then usually here's what I do, all right? Well, there's four things you have to know to be saved. The first thing is in Romans 3.23. So I just read the verse. And again, I usually follow along right there with my finger. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. I'm not even there yet. Okay. All right. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All right, Johnny, to be saved, the first thing you have to know is that you are a sinner. All right. So that's the blank there. You are a sinner. So after I tell them that, What's the very next question I'm going to ask? What is sin, right? Uh, okay, you have to know you're a sinner. Okay, what is sin? 
I don't know, all right? And so ask them. Now, if they know, you don't have to take 10 minutes explaining it. They already know what sin is, all right? But they're like, I don't know. Well, that's okay. Johnny, sin is the bad things that you do. They're like lying, stealing. Again, you bring it back. Can, can you give me an example? Punching my brother in the face. Yeah, that's a sin, all right? Uh, and so, uh, the, and then I asked them, okay, so the first thing you have to be saved is that you are a sinner. Then I asked them, have you ever sinned before? Yes, I have. Okay, me too, all right? So then the second thing, so I go right to point two, okay? Um, I encourage you at the end of, so in your Bible where the verse is in verse 23, right after that, you can write the next reference in the Romans road, which as you see there is Romans 6, 23. Again, that way you don't have to have all this memorized. Uh, you have the, the path laid out. So in the front of your Bible, you write Romans 3.23. After Romans 3.23, you write Romans 6.23. So you turn a page over. You go through it. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so uh, the second thing is, uh, the blank, you don't deserve to go to heaven. The word deserve I've actually found that some kids don't understand what the word deserve means. Uh, and so you could say, you have to go to hell or you can't go to heaven because of your sin. Um, the punishment for your sin. However you want to word that, the point is uh, they're not good enough to go to heaven. They don't deserve to go to heaven or they deserve, they have to go to hell because of their sin. All right? So, so I explain that. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. So what word am I going to uh, explain there? The word wages, right? You see that? Romans 6.23, the word wages. So I explain the word wages. It's, it's a payment. It's a punishment. The punishment for our sin is death. And I tell them, because of my sin, I deserve to die and go to hell, and so do you. All right? So after I teach them, I'll ask them, so where do you deserve to go because of your sin? Now, um, some kids don't, they're not allowed by their parents to say the word hell, okay? And so just be aware of that. Some kids uh, say, do you believe you deserve to go to hell? And they're like, and what they mean is they don't want to go to hell, okay? I've learned that as well. Um, but if at any point the person you're talking to refuses to believe what you're saying, like for example, I've talked to some kids, the Bible says that you're a sinner. Have you ever sinned before? Nope. You just did. No, just kidding. But uh, uh, I'll ask him. I'll ask him. Have you ever lied before? Nope. You ever disobeyed your parents? Nope. Uh, you ever got mad at your brother? Nope. If if they won't admit they're a sinner, then this is what I do. Hey, I don't argue with them. I'm not mean. But this is the time to be very direct and clear. Hey, let me tell you, the Bible says that you've sinned, and until you agree with the Bible, until you admit that, then you can't get saved today. Okay, and you're not saved, which means you're not yet on your way to heaven. Okay, all right, you can go ahead and go back into the auditorium. You say, well, that's like really mean, isn't it? Well, in order for a person to get saved, they first have to realize they're lost, right? And if a kid refuses to admit he's lost, maybe it's just an age thing, or maybe they're just, they just believe that they really are a good person and they've never sinned. And then I don't argue, the authority is the word of God. Hey, the Bible says that, that you've sinned. And if you don't agree with that, then you can't get saved today because when you get saved, you're getting saved from two things. And I usually do say this during point two. You get saved from two things. You get saved from your sin. You get saved from hell. All right? And so if you've never sinned, then, then if, you've never, if you don't admit that you've sinned, you can't get saved. I don't usually pray with the kid because I don't want to be confusing. Lord, help John to know that he's a sinner so he can get saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Johnny walks away. Hey, what happened? Hey, that guy prayed that I get saved, so... <laughs> I got saved. 
when that's not happened at all. So I usually don't even pray. I just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not like terrifying. Johnny, at any moment, you're hanging by a spider's thread over the pit of hell that could break. You could burn. It's probably not wise, okay? Uh, it's maybe true, but it, it's probably not wise to do that. And so, uh, but I just, hey, you did not get saved. In fact, I do this a lot at vacation Bible schools. You know, a kid will come back Monday or Tuesday during VBS, and they'll go back, and you go through it, and they're just not getting it. And you're just clear, hey, man, you're, you're close, but you did not get saved, so keep thinking about it. And I'd love to talk to you again, but you didn't get saved today. And then by Wednesday, Thursday, they're, they're, when the preacher's talking about getting saved, they're like, hey, wait, I'm not saved. Oh, oh, that's how you get saved. Oh, man, that's what I need. And they've often gotten saved at the end of the week because the counselor just took the patience to explain the gospel to them. So uh, the point is, I'm not in it for numbers here. Uh, I'm in it to see people saved. I want them to actually get saved. And so um, there we go. That was a rabbit trail there. Okay, so, so number one, you're a sinner. Number two, you don't deserve to go to heaven. And then number three, I go ahead and read the second half of Romans 6.23. And then after that, you can write Romans 5.8, and you go across the page to Romans 5.8, all right? So, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, but God commendeth his love toward us. I say, Johnny, God loves you, and he doesn't just love you. He, he showed his love to you. He showed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is the point where I give the gospel, Right? And a lot of times I start by asking, have you heard of Jesus Christ? And sometimes in America, uh, I think so. Well, the Bible says that Jesus is God. And the Bible teaches that Jesus came and he died on the... And there are many times kids are like, I don't know. Well, okay, he, he died on the cross. Then he was buried. And three days later, what happened? I don't know. Well, this is why you don't want to rush through the gospel, right? If they don't know what Jesus did, uh, then you have to take some time here. Hey, the, the Bible teaches that Jesus is God. I like to say that, uh, and, and I'll even ask them, do you believe that? Most of the time my experience in America, kids will say, yeah, I believe that. But there's been a time when one kid corrected me. I said, the Bible says that Jesus is God. Do you believe that? No, he's the son of God. And I said, okay, well, what that means is he's God the Son, so it means he's God. No, he, no, he's the Son of God. No, the Bible teaches very clearly that, and he corrected me like three times, and I realized there's some JW influence. Someone had taught him some, some very false doctrine, and, I, and, I, and he actually wouldn't, wouldn't admit that he, he wouldn't agree with the Bible on the matter. And so, again, if someone refuses to believe in the deity of Christ, they can't get saved, right? If you refu- now, ignorance is one thing, but if, if you're refusing to admit that Jesus is God, then that's not that's not saving faith. And so I told him, I said, hey, the Bible says that Jesus is God. And if you don't believe that, then you can't get saved today. In fact, uh, I may have preached a little more than that because I, it's false doctrine he's believing. So the Bible is very clear. If you refuse to believe that Jesus is God, then you can never be saved until you realize that. And what you're believing in is not true. Whatever you want to do there. But um, obviously, uh, this is important. So, but most of the time, it's not an issue. I say, the Bible teaches that Jesus is God. Do you believe that? Uh-huh. And the Bible says that Jesus came down to this earth as a baby. It was a miracle. He, he lived a perfect life. In fact, he did all these miracles. He healed people. He, he raised the dead. And he did that because it showed that he's God. And then they took him and they arrested him and they nailed him onto a cross. Have you seen a cross before? Yeah. And they nailed him onto a cross and he, he died on the cross. But you know why he died? He died for our sins. God put our sins on him. He died on the cross for our sins. And then he was buried. And three days later, he rose again from the dead. 
So this is where you share the gospel, all right? So after you teach them the gospel, you kind of want to ask a couple of review questions. And so, so what did Jesus die on? The cross, that's right. And why did he die on the cross? Well, he died for my sin, that's right. And he was buried, and what happened three days later? Well, he rose again from the dead. That's right, do you believe that? Yes, I do. Okay, well, then there's one last thing I want to share with you. And this is where, after point number three, um, so after Romans 5, 8, if you want to write the last set of verses, which is Romans 10, 9, 10, and 13. Romans 10, 9, 10, and 13. So then I turn over there. I read those verses, 9, 10, and verse 13. Uh, and then uh, here's the fourth point here. To, pr- to get saved, pray and ask Jesus to save you from your sins and give you a home in heaven, trusting him alone. All right, so, so I... I, I read the verses there, and I, and I usually read verse 13. One of the things I like to do when, I, when I'm talking to people in verse 13, because it's just so clear, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I like to stop, and I almost like to, to trick them at this point. I'll say, you know, does the Bible say, for whosoever shall go to church shall be saved? And sometimes people will be like, yeah. Well, that's a good thing I clarified, because that's not the case, right? And, and I say, well, is that what the verse says? Oh, No. Yeah, that's right. Going to church can't save you. Does the Bible say for whosoever shall be a really good kid shall be saved? No. Does the Bible say for whosoever shall get baptized shall be saved? If, I, if I'm sensing some kind of some weird doctrine, I'll kind of bring it up. Like maybe I could, hey, this kid maybe have a Catholic background. I'll say, does the Bible say for whosoever shall pray to Mary shall be saved? For whosoever shall confess their sins to a priest? And by the end of it, they're like, no, can't you read? All right? Um, but I like that because they're being, they're being clarified on what it means to be saved. And so, so then I'll say, well, what does it say? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's right. And what that means is to get saved. You need to pray and ask Jesus to, to save you from your sins, trusting in him alone, receiving him as your Savior. After this, this is my favorite, I guess, uh, kind of a transitional phrase to help someone when it comes time to pray. So, so usually at this point, I kind of review. All right, there's four things. You have to know you're a sinner. Do you admit that? Yeah. Second thing you have to know is that you don't deserve heaven. What do you deserve? Hell, that's right. Third thing you have to know is what Jesus did. Died on the cross, but why did he do that? For my sin. That's right. He was buried. What happened? Rose again. That's right. The last thing is, and here's my, my phrase, the best way you know how. So there's the, the quote there at the, towards the bottom of your page, the best way you know how. When I'm talking to a kid, I, I like to just say it like this. Instead of saying you have to really, 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 really mean it hard enough, again, that's not the best way. I think the best way is to say, all right, do you want to get saved, Johnny? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, the best way you know how, tell God these things, ask Jesus to save you from your sin and hell. I think I have hill in there. All right, it's not hill. Okay, all right. Don't get saved from the hill. Okay, but uh, uh, saved from your sin and hell. All right. So then, um, and a lot of times I'll say, okay, well, just you can pray. You can start by saying, dear Jesus. And the best way to know how, John, you just, you just tell God these things. Tell him you know you're a sinner. You, you know you don't deserve heaven. And you know that Jesus died for you. And, the, and just ask Jesus to save you from your sin and hell. Okay, go ahead and pray that out loud. And sometimes, that's what I do. I just do that. And sometimes, boy, they go right into it. Lord, I, oh, I'm a sinner, and, and I, I know that you died for me, and, boy, I don't want to go to hell. And I do believe that Jesus is God. Will you please save me? Man, if they're praying that, I'm thrilled, right? I, I'm really excited. But, but sometimes what happens, okay, go ahead and pray that out loud. 
I don't know what to say. At this point, some people lead someone in a prayer, like word for word. I'm not opposed to that whatsoever, okay? Uh, that's how I got saved, okay? When I got saved at 1601 Princeton, kneeling in, kneeling, uh, in, my, uh, in my room there, my dad was there, I, I w- prayed the prayer my dad worded. But I also struggled with assurance a lot. I struggled for years with assurance. And so I really like it if a person prays in their own words for two reasons. Helps you to know if they're understanding you. Also helps them to know... Um, if uh, it helps them to remember it better, I believe. Again, that's, that's not necessary, but I, if at all possible, I, okay, the best we know how, just tug out these things, ask them to save you. And if they say, well, I don't know what to say. Well, maybe they've never prayed before. Well, what better time to teach a person to pray than the time they're getting saved? That's, that's my thinking. And so I just calm them down. Hey, it's, it's okay. It's no problem. Hey, you know what? Prayer is just talking to God. Like if I do this, Lord Jesus, I love you. Well, see, he, I know you can't see him, but he heard me. Because when you talk to God, he hears you. But when you get saved, you're not telling him that you love him. You're telling him that you know that you're a sinner. I kind of review. You tell him that you know you don't deserve heaven. You tell him that you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose again. And, and the best way you know how you, you ask Jesus to save you from your sin in hell. Okay? Would you like to ask Jesus to save you? Yes, I would. Okay, go ahead. Just tell God those things and ask him to save you. And usually that second time, they'll, they'll do it. Uh, and again, use your discretion. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit can lead you however you want if pastor has some other uh, insight on that. Um, but if at all possible, I really like them to pray on their own just because I think that they grasp it better at that point. Now, uh, the last thing, and we'll be done. I, I don't mean to take too long here, but this is very, very important. Roman number four, know how to give assurance. The Bible gives assurance, not you. The Bible gives assurance, not you. David Korn can never give anyone assurance. And you can't either. You cannot give someone assurance. Only the Bible can. And he's, but, but I think I should be more specific. The, uh, the rhema of the word, the specific words of Scripture are what gives assurance. So how do you do that practically speaking? Whatever they pray, I always ask the exact same question. Okay? Let's say he did this. Lord Jesus, now how did this happen? Lord Jesus... Help my grandma. She's really sick. Amen. Now, I'm not God, but I don't think he got it, okay? Uh, I could be wrong, but I don't think he got it. So if he prays that or if he prays what you would say is the perfect sinner's prayer, I always ask the same question. Johnny, did you just ask Jesus to save you? And sometimes in that moment is when it clicks. I've seen it, right? No. I pray for my grandma. <laughs> well, and so then I ask, well, would you like to? Yeah, I, I want to ask Jesus to save me. Okay, well, go ahead. Jesus, I'm a sinner. Please save me. So, I, and so let's say he prays that. Lord, I'm a sinner and I don't want to go to hell. Jesus, please save me from my sin. I'm trusting Jesus as my Savior. Amen. I ask the exact same question. Johnny, did you just ask Jesus to save you? I did. Do you feel different? Is it really, really, the best thing to do at that moment, take them straight back to the only place they can get assurance. I go right back to the words of Scripture. Well, then let me show you this verse. Verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hey, Johnny, did, did you just ask Jesus to save you? Uh-huh. Then what does this verse say that you are? For whosoever shall call upon I'm saved. 
And again, I, I love that point because they're seeing I got saved not because I, I meant something hard enough. I got saved because I, I said what that guy said. I got saved because I did what God's word said to do to be saved. And that's why I'm saved because of that verse right there. Uh, in, in, for whosoever shall, I'm saved. That's right, Johnny. Now, this is very, I think this is a critical time because, again, I almost try to trip him up right here. I said, all right, now, Johnny, that's right. How would you get saved? Because I prayed, but I want to be more specific. Okay, yes, you prayed, but what did you pray? Well, I prayed and asked Jesus, save me from my sins. That's right. Now, let me ask you this, Johnny. Let's say you go home and you lie to your mom. Is that a sin? Yeah. Are you still saved? Most of the time, no. Which is why I want to ask it right now. I think this is why people struggle with assurance and repeat over and over again because this is, I think it's a very helpful thing. And I say, well, actually, Johnny, you are saved. Because when you get saved right now, you get saved forever. And so if you lie to your mom, that is a sin. You don't need to get saved again because you're already saved. But what you do need to do is tell your mom you're sorry, ask her to forgive you, ask God to forgive you, but you don't need to get saved again. All right? And at this point, I, I like to walk them back to their parents and I like to kind of quiz him in front of their parents. Hey, Dad, you know, Johnny let me talk to him. Hey, Johnny, did you talk to me about some stuff today? Did you talk to me about going to heaven? Yeah. Hey, Johnny, did you, do you remember how you realized that you were a sinner? Yeah. And what do you deserve because of your sin? I deserve hell. That's right. But what did Jesus do for you? He died on the cross. For, that's right. And, and, how, and, and, did you, and are you going to heaven? Yeah. Why are you going to heaven? Well, because I got saved. That's right. How did you get saved? Well, I prayed and asked Jesus, save me from my sin in hell. Man, that's right, Johnny. So I, I like to do that in front of a parent, especially if they're not there. Um, that's me. Um, but uh, anyway, I come to the end of this. I'm sure there's better ways to word things. I'm sure there's better things to do this. Um, D.L. Moody, someone walked up to him one time, the, the great D.L. Moody evangelist. Um, they said, Mr. Moody, I don't like the way you lead people to Christ. What he said? He said, I don't either. How do you do it? Well, I don't. He said, well, I like my way better than your way. So uh, I'm sure there's better ways. But, but here's what I want to challenge you tonight. Here's, here's my invitation tonight. I want to ask you this. I want to ask you this. Will there be some people tonight that pray and say, Lord, I don't just want to see people save God. Would you use me this week to lead someone to Christ? God, I think it's a great thing to pray. You have not because you asked not, right? Would there be some people, that's my invitation on. I know that's kind of bold, but maybe there's some people that say, God, would you use me to be able to, to talk with someone, to lead them to Christ this week? Man, we need to see people saved. We need God's power on this. When, when God's power takes over, it's really easy. I know you may be nervous about it, but when you're there asking questions, you're like, man, God is just working on this guy's heart. And man, I'm just so glad that I get to be here asking a few questions and watching God work on his heart. God gives the increase, but he uses bold people who will simply ask the question and just put it out there and, and, and see what the choice will make. And, and so that's my invitation tonight. Let's stand to our feet tonight as the pianists make the way for the invitation. I wonder... Will you pray, will you pray generally that people get saved, but you, will you also pray and say, God, would you use me this week to be a part of seeing someone get saved? Help me to be there. Help me to either go through it with them and, or help me to bring someone. I, I want to be a part of seeing someone get saved this week. I'm going to pray that we'll have the invitation. Lord, thank you for your word. God, I know this is more of a workshop tonight, but God, the potential this week is so great. 
God, we need you. Lord, my show can't save anyone. God, I can't convict anyone, but God, please, would you pour out your power this week? God, we long to see that. This is why we go through the work, Lord. This is why we're here, is to do what we can to get the gospel to people that need to be saved. And so, God, please, would you bless this week and give a great harvest. God, I pray right now that people would lead their very first soul to Christ. God, well, that would be such a thrill for people to lead their first soul to Christ. God, would you help people to, maybe it's been a while since they've been a part of seeing someone save God, that, that they'll be able to be right in the middle of it. Lord, I pray that this church would take this personally, the responsibility, the command to give the gospel, to share the gospel. And God, that you would honor that faith, you'd honor that effort, you'd honor that commitment as they step out, loving you, getting over their shyness. And God, would you just honor it? Would you just take over in such a way that we know it's you? Lord, bless the invitation now. In Jesus' name, amen. God spoke in your heart. I encourage you to come pray about it. I ask you to pray specifically about Wednesday and Thursday night. And I, and I can't step away from the pulpit here without asking. Maybe there's someone tonight that you've never been saved. And even as we went over the gospel tonight, God's pricking your heart, saying, I need to do that. I need to be saved. I've never received Christ as my Savior. For if that's you tonight, boy, don't leave this place. In fact, right now, if you say, David, I need to be saved tonight, would you raise your hand? Would you step down here to the front and let us take you to the side and, and, and take that moment to pray with you? Anyone like that tonight? Just go and come on down. Come on down here and let us pray with you tonight and show you how to be saved. And the others tonight, you want to pray that God would use you to be right there leading someone to Christ. Boy, I plead with you to do that. As we sing. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, Just as I am.
tortured blind sight riches healing of the mind yea all I need in thee to find O Lamb of God I come I come Amen Thank you Brother Dave appreciate that it's a great stuff, and uh, you have that paper. You want to keep it in your Bible, as he said. Mark those verses. It's great. What a great opportunity, and it's true. You say, well, preacher, I mean, we're not that far from Heartland Baptist Bible College. I mean, we're training preachers, and we invest in that school. Why don't we just go down there and bring, like, 30, 40 young ladies and young men up here to help us out? Because this is something we can do. I mean, we're commanded to do this. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really it. We, we ought to be able to do this. You know, and, uh, but I do believe each night we could have 30 to 40, 50 people coming forward. You know, and so you stop and think about that. You say, well, it's like 10. I don't know how many signed up. But you, know, say, you go back there, that's 10 people. We're fine. Well, well maybe on a normal night. You know, but we're expecting a lot more. Uh, we really are. And uh, so we're excited about that and uh, appreciate the presentation. And that's, uh, you've got three or four days. You can go through that. Equip yourself that way, and a great presentation. Appreciate it, Brother David. So if you have any questions, uh, feel free to come forward and ask. And like I said, we'll be there that night to help guide and everything and direct and make it work. So amen. Well, we're looking forward to it. Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, we got some setup to do and, and pray for the schools. Each day they'll be in a couple schools. So you be in prayer for that uh, ahead of time. Uh, invite your neighbors. Get people to come on out. Uh, I expect it packed both nights. We're planning for it packed both nights. Planning for a lot of people to, to find Jesus Christ. So it'd be really, really good. So good stuff. So any final announcements or anything? Just if they are interested in seeing the Yeah, if you're interested, see Brother Lynn. And we'll make sure we get everybody signed up and get it going. So. Excellent. Yeah. If you have any personal items in your pew, this would be a good time to take it. I know a lot of times you'll leave stuff, but this, uh, you won't want to do that. We'll be rearranging everything. It'll be in the lost and found, and then you'll be mad at us, which is really, really bad. So uh, two quick prayer requests this morning. Uh, Mikkel Evans had mentioned her daughter was just in a really bad uh, accident. Uh, she has survived that accident, uh, but th there was a fatality, and that's just always a rough situation. And so if you'd pray for uh, just her family, I know she'd appreciate that. And just got to note that Billy and Amber did have to take little Rowan to the hospital right away. And, of course, she, you know, she's got a lot of medical situations, so I don't know all the details, but it's a, it's a long road there. And uh, so if you'd pray for them as well, I know many of you pray for them all the time each week. Uh, pray for them tonight if you would, and we'll get some more information on that, definitely so. So let's close in a word of prayer. Lord, we do pray for little Rowan and Billy and Amber, Lord, and pray that you continue to work there as only you can, Lord. And uh, we know you're the great physician, the great healer. You have all things in your control. And, Lord, we pray for Mikkel Evans' daughter-in-law, Lord, uh, Gina, Lord, that you just watch over her, strengthen her, Lord, help her, uh, Lord, through this tragic situation. And, uh, Lord, that she would turn to you. I don't know her spiritual condition, Lord, uh, but if this brings her to a point of salvation, Lord, we pray for that. If she is saved, Lord, that she'd find her comfort and strength and her hope in you. And then, Lord, we're excited. We pray that the place is packed out both evenings, Lord, and, and just hundreds and hundreds of guests. And more importantly, Lord, that people get saved and uh, that people come to a point, Lord, uh, young people as well as adults, Lord, to put their faith and trust in you. And we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, that you've given us. So may we do the best we can now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs>